about the media and how he just wants to play basketball. It don't get much worse than New York in a lot of players' eyes. And so because of that, I had one person say this to me. They literally said, and they weren't trying to say it to disrespect Kevin Durant in any way. They were just teasing him for being emotional sometimes because they know he's a really good guy. They said Kevin Durant is the type of person that'll sit up there and he's determined to lead and, and show up to sign the damn contract and be like, I just can't do this. <laughs> I just can't do this. And if there was ever a franchise that something like that could happen to, Max, it's the Knicks. So, again, that's truth in Chris Haynes' report because he does have one foot out of the door, but not both, which means he could stay or go elsewhere. We just don't know. I will refer again to that Jason O. Gilbert tweet that I referred to when, when the Knicks originally traded Porzingis. With the money they save under the cap, Dolan can afford to, to, to get two, maybe three PR people to explain why they didn't get Kevin Durant. <laughs> Nick thought they were getting KD. Yes. All right, anyway, look. Not over yet. Here, Not over yet, Matt. I hold out hope. Steve Mills, Scott Perry, I hold out hope. I, I hold out hope, Matt. Wait, when that went down, I told you, you just got rid of Porzingis. Don't let Jimmy Butler be the number one dude you get. If Jimmy Butler's the best guy they get, oh, I'm going to have a field day. All right, listen. Welcome to the Nickish Podcast. My name is Mo. I'm here with Nafi, and we're going to start things off by asking you as a listener to please subscribe to our show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Give us a subscription, uh, and, you know, if you have time, give us a rating and a review, and, you know, all that will be very helpful and beneficial to us. And, yeah, this is episode number 16. Starting to lose track of these episodes, boy. Yeah. Sweet 16, boy, where our podcast is at the age where uh, old creepy men might giving us uh, some uh, sweet looks now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, two more ups away from being legal, so uh, you, that's how we you started, fellas man. out there, just simmer down. <laughs> simmer down. Sweet 16 ain't so sweet now. Come on, guys. Come on, fellas. <laughs> but no, um, I mean, to add to what you were saying, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, too. Oh, yeah, that's Nick, Nick underscore, underscore ish. Ish, that's right. We're gonna try to make a posting, you know, more often. Uh, we're just two guys, we're two kids from Queens, big Knicks fans, and you know, that's that's what we do, man. We talk about the Knicks, we talk about the NBA, we talk about basketball. 
and man, I thought you said we each had two kids from from Queens, and I was like, yeah, how do how do you find out? How did you know? <laughs> the secret family is supposed to be secret. Don't, God damn it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough keeping up with that social media shit. But you know, we gotta get on it. It's part of the game, and shit. Follow us. Um, I was I was tweeting during the dunk contest for our boy Dennis. I uh, did my best to send some good vibes his way, but it didn't work out. But um, got some funny tweets out of it. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. More to come. Yeah, we're gonna try to do a throwback video on on both every week. Today's Thursday, actually. So, you want to just decide right now what what video we're gonna we're gonna put up today? Let let the listener get a keen idea of how we how we come up with this shit. It's really just on the fly, on the spot. No, nah, I mean shit, man. Our our process is our process. You don't. You know, show how the sausage is made. You know what I mean? Like, I see that. You know, keep the suspense up. You know, and just uh, stay tuned. That's all we can say. Stay tuned for our exclusive Throwback Thursday postings, which is a concept we all invented just now. You and I, we right. made up Throwback Thursdays. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, reality. I the, the, that posting will probably be up before this episode goes up, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, eleven fifty-eight tonight is still Thursday, technically. Mm. You know. So let me let me ask you let me ask you a question, right? If you had all the money in the world, right? If you're if you're able to be CEO of the company you work for right now, you made that bill. You're a billionaire. Would you buy the Knicks, the New York Knicks? A hundred percent. Hundred. I would wrestle this franchise from uh, Dolan's frumpy little stubby fingers and give him the finger while I'm taking the franchise away from him. Like, um. I guess I see what you're doing right there, leading yep. into uh, the rumor, the hot rumor that came out a little while ago. Was one of the things that we didn't even actually get to touch on, and within our last two episodes, and you know that's on us. Yeah, hand up, we'll take the foul. You know what I mean? That was our due, you know, duly responsibility of following up with these things. But it's okay, better late than never. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. We got to own up to it. We didn't, we didn't feed the streets. We here to feed the streets, and we didn't feed them. They were quite parched during our absence <laughs> for hot. New York, New York Knicks takes, but yeah. So apparently, our, our our pal, close personal friend, good buddy, Bill Simmons over at the Ringer, broke some news a couple weeks back. I think I feel like it was around All Star time. Yeah, it was definitely around All Star weekend time. He was saying how like he was there and he just heard a lot of rumblings about how like Dolan is gearing up to sell the team. And um, he was hearing from people um. That like yeah, people are putting together offers. Uh, you know, ownership groups, potential ownership groups are coming together, and uh, Dolan's getting ready to sell the team, right? And a couple of days after that, Zach Lowe, another uh, close personal friend, yeah, you know, I think homies. he was at yeah, yeah, he was he was he was at your daughter's quinceanera, if I right. think. You know what I mean? I had a good old Zach. on and everything. Yeah. Yep. The El Zach El Zachito, as he wanted us to call him <laughs> at the quinceanera. That's Zach, man. But he, um, he 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 too much. I've never seen a man down a whole bottle of champagne in one gulp, but yo, Zach Lowe, and I would see what drives him. That premium NBA contact comes from a dark place, and we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I hope, you, I hope you're not listening, and he just sues us for slander. He is not a drunk, and he hates Chardonnay. <laughs> That's what he's going to tell us in court. But, <laughs> um, no, he, on his podcast, he was saying, like, he heard the same things, and he even went one step further. He was the one that was just like, yeah, people – like very rich people, very powerful people are actually getting together and prepping like offers, getting getting shit together, getting shit in place for the 
the team to go up for sale. And um, but then the sandwich in between that was like the Knicks themselves officially releasing a statement saying it's all false, refuting it. You know what I mean? And Zach Lowe on his podcast in reaction to that, after he dropped that info of his, he was like, I think it, that re- that refuting like them coming out that that was that was too quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. They came out with the quickness to shut it down, and he was just like, you know what? It seemed too quick for my taste. And like me being a skeptical bastard like our old pal Zach, I kind of agree with him. What do you think? What, what do you make of that whole shit? The, the rumors of a sale? I mean, the the rumor of the sale, at the end of the day, like, it's all speculation. We don't really know if it's going to go up for sale. My theory, it's not really a theory. It's If I had a guess, I would say that he's probably just waiting it out a little bit more because the New York Knicks, for those of you who don't know, is one of the most, it's it's one of the highest value franchises in the world. Uh, I don't, I don't know the exact it's the number. highest value franchise, NBA franchise. I think an NBA for sure. Sports wise, I 100%. think in, in NBA for sure. I think sports wise, I think it's in the top five. There's some soccer teams out there that are really highly valued. Uh, but basically, you know, values high hundred millions, maybe billion, uh, minimum. But the reason why this is a big deal, most people don't really care or don't understand why it's a big deal of Jim Dolan wants to sell the team or not, it's because when Jim Dolan took over the team, that's really when the Knicks start to suck badly. And every year since he took over, the Knicks have pretty much have been the worst team uh, in the NBA. And as an owner, not recently, I got to give I gotta give the little man some, some, some credit. He hasn't been as bad as he's been in the past, but he would always interfere. He'd always try to stop deals, make deals. He would just try to go for... He would just try to he'd be the one to push general managers and presidents to take on bad contracts and just try to get the most expensive player uh, available. So he he's been hard uh, for the Knicks franchise, but he's he was always ready to drop money, which was the only pretty much the only good thing about him. But as far as these rumors yeah. go, I, I don't I don't know. I, I if I were I'm sure he's a smart business he, he's a smart businessman. He'd probably wait a little bit uh, for a certain free agent or two to sign to the NBA. Uh, sorry to the Knicks. Uh, before he would even, you know, be willing to sell the team. Yeah, and I mean, not to turn this into a whole James Dolan kind of like examination of his record, because that should be at least a two-part podcast, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> I mean, to your point, this dude Dolan, I mean, uh, like ESPN put out a big piece about him, like a whole expose, sit-down interview with him um, about two months ago. And like on, in it, it was kind of like eye-opening just because like, you know, yeah, he came in. He was like uh, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He inherited his wealth from his dad, Charles Dolan, who was a billionaire before Dolan could even walk and talk. You know what I mean? But like Dolan himself, like outside of the Knicks, he's he was a successful businessman. You know what I mean? Like for everything I read in that profile, he's like he's he's a ruthless kind of calculating kind of business mind, and like everything he does in terms of like his his business transactions and like enterprises and like the moves he makes is always like calculated and with an eye for like pushing shit forward. Like he's a, he's a progressive thinker in that regard. You know what I mean? He's made his money. So I feel like, yeah, 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 no doubt. You know what I mean? And like, he's, I think there's like, this came out a while ago too. Like he's like the MSG enterprises. So like the Knicks, like currently I think, or were like them and the MSG were like a package deal. And I think recently he split the assets to where the Knicks and the sports teams and like the Knicks and Rangers are basically their own assets and MSG and like, um, the Madison Square Garden company and like the entertainment side of things are like a separate entity in the, of themselves now. And like a lot of people at that time, this is probably like six months ago, a year ago, they were like 
kind of like pontificating that like, oh yeah, that's like him getting ready to sell the team and like them they were they refuted it back then and now it's just like a hard rumor from like a really prominent kind of guy um, that came up like Bill Simmons obviously and Zach Lowe these guys come out and say like yeah he's getting ready to sell it right and like um, like I said I'm on the same boat as Zach I feel like and he brought this because I don't want to like kind of rehash what he said but his point was just like um, players like they don't by and large like they want stability obviously in the front office and um the owner could be a complete jackass but like i think the biggest thing for players is like as long as they're willing to spend as long as that ownership is like stable you know what i mean yeah so like a sale of a rumor for a team that's like rumored to get big free agents like i can see why they would want to come out like immediately and squash that shit you know what i mean they don't want any any kind of factor even swaying these guys from coming here if it's like that's gonna happen you know what i mean but I don't know. I think like I could I could see it happening. This is like who would we, who would you want? Like shit goes back to what I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Like yeah, shit Obama. I, don't, I know he got some cash laying around. He's he, he a big hoops fan. You know what I mean? I mean is, is Obama? I don't I don't even think Obama's a billionaire. I really don't. He think. not, but he could be like part of an ownership group. You know what I mean? He like could. Magic brought like the like Magic uh, Johnson. He he bought the Dodgers, but. Yeah, um, I think he was part. He was just like the figurehead and like an ownership group. You know what I mean? Yeah, he so, got on a few percent. Jay Z, the way Jay Z owns the Nets. Um, man, Jay Z fucking or like a one percent of a percent, which is basically <laughs> the seats he paid for. It's about. I mean, yeah, good for him. Obviously, like Hove is a goat rapper. You know what I mean? That's a topic for another podcast. But nah, that, that whole ownership shit was like overstated. It was like, yo, like we're going to the next game this weekend. For for our listeners, this, and like yeah. that's us, you and that, that's you and me sitting on the seats and saying like, "Wow, we own the Knicks. <laughs> we own the, the equivalent bro. of the whole. <laughs> we got this yeah, the equivalent of Hogs ownership. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, we we gonna see the Kings play the Knicks. Uh, they actually mm-hmm. lost to the, the Knicks. Actually lost to the Kings a few days ago, so it's gonna be a rematch. But I mean, there's a reason why we chose the Kings. Um, they're a pretty good team now. We I know we we shot on them in previous episodes, but. They're a pretty great team. Not to not to change the topic, but actually, actually, I'm curious who else who else you'd be interested in to buy the Knicks. If there's anybody else you're thinking of outside of uh, Barack Obama, man, whoever's fucking got the money, rich, and is like actually like both passionate about like the sport, and, but also willing to like understand from junk that they're not the expert. Like Steve Ballmer is probably like the picture perfect example of an of a new owner you would want. You know what I mean? Yeah. He came in, put he empowered smart people to run his operation and the Clippers have been a finely tuned machine once once he took over. You know what I mean? Like they transitioned out of the Lob City regime into a like a like a seamless kind of retool, you know what I mean? Like they got mad assets now, they got mad cast space this summer, and they got a competitive team in the meanwhile. That's like the ideal like checklist you would do if you're not going to outright tank, you know what I mean? And I feel like that comes from like a steady leadership up top. And like if we could get somebody that's anything like Balmer, you know what I mean? Like, yo, sign me up. But I mean, we're in no place to fucking – you want me to go fucking look up like the list of fucking active billionaires that who would even want to be a basketball owner? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, not even I... – Oh, so remember, does that Russian guy still own the Nets? I still think he does. I I think he still does, right? Uh, Mikhail Prokhorov, or did he sell? Yeah, I think it? he only owns like fifty one percent now. Yeah, he sold like forty nine percent of it to uh, some some Chinese guy. I think I don't want to Asian guy. I don't want I don't want to be completely wrong, <laughs> but um, I think there's like a clause. So the Asian guy, whatever, he's like a billionaire. Yeah, he owns like forty nine percent of it. But I think there's like a clause where like he will take over majority ownership, like you know, like. I want to stay in, in a short time frame, like four or five years, maybe. I don't know, something like that, some weird shit like that. 
Yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, no Dolan. Like, which, that, when I was imagine, curious, imagine that happens. The witch is dead. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that happens, and like, I mean, this is this is the mind of a very enthusiastic Knicks fan. But imagine it actually happens, and Kevin Durant, and Kyrie sign with the Knicks, and we actually get Zion. Like, the twenties are gonna be the decade of the Knicks. Could be. Don't. I mean, knock on every wood. Yeah, if we, prayer to the God. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, if we out here outright drinking, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I sh- I had a cons- I told you when when this rumor first came out, I saw two attacks. Like, yo, I think I, I got a weird ass conspiracy theory that's probably bullshit, but I don't know. I don't know what this conspiracy theory is about these ownership rumors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. See, you want me, you want me to let it so, rip? Somebody, <laughs> somebody was talking to me the other day, right? Like a, a casual basketball fan, and. What she was saying, her theory, which I, which is actually pretty interesting, is completely, you know, completely irrelevant for what we we're going to talk about today. But I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think possibly that the whole idea of the Knicks being great is driving up prices? Obviously, if the Knicks actually sign a superstar level player, they'll make a lot more money. But do you, do you, do you think that there's some form of idea that if they keep on bringing in the hope that that'll keep on driving more sales and just keep on increasing anticipation and they'll just pro they, that that's kind of no nah, no nah, never mind this is not good of a theory i mean you, you get you get what i'm saying like momentarily for a second i thought it might have been possible but no i don't think i think the knicks just have been that bad yeah and it's just like i mean that just goes to the idea of just a hope sells in the league not just for us but just for every fucking team in the league you know what i mean they sell like, out every, every team game. sells hope yeah but if they if I they mean, do, every if, team like that yeah, go on. I was gonna say like if they were to buy, if they were to actually sign a superstar level player, those nosebleed tickets, which are currently like minimum one hundred dollars, would be minimum two hundred dollars. So they're so I mean, yeah. The Knicks tickets, they're always like high priced though. You know what I mean? Even when we ass ass, and then like that fifty four win season twenty thirteen, that's when the prices like skyrocketed. You know what I mean, I remember one of my boys at the time, he was a season ticket holder for like three years straight, and that year, um, where we won fifty four games, that was the one year he didn't renew. And he was just like kicking himself all year because he would have been making mad money on the resale market. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, the Knicks will always sell out. We, we sell out the garden every night. You know what I mean? Like, we're a basketball city, and it's also just like, they're mad. Like, yo, all them like lower, like lower level seats, like the good seats, it's all just like mad rich, like Wall Street folks, business folks. You know what I mean? That like aren't even really passionate basketball fans, but they just get it because they're comp tickets or like somebody brought a client there for a big game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, like the Knicks are part, pretty much part like I don't want to say a, like a fabric of like the, the the Manhattan nightlife, but it's like a thing to do. You know what I mean? Oh, let's go catch the Knicks game for like the rich and wealthy, and then go have like a nice magnificent dinner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think it, they'll always sell. So I think like I don't want to put your friend on blast, but hey, I've heard some better better conspiracy theories <laughs> in my day. Yeah, that's why that's me- why I, I threw in I threw in casual, <laughs> very casual NBA fan. Uh, <laughs> in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah. Um, you know, moving forward, we we got the Kings game coming up ahead, and uh, the Kings have been a great team. I'm excited to see De'Aaron Fox for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, is is Bagley still injured? I don't know if he's gonna yeah, play. Yeah, he's uh, he. I, I saw the game when he got hurt. You know what I mean? I thought it would be super serious. He had to get walked back, but no, nah, I think it's just like a bone bruise. Yeah. And like, I think it was like a couple of days ago they said he'd be off seven to ten days or something like that, but. 
hey man we moved on and i told you i had a juicy conspiracy theory that i wanted to bring up that might be a total bullshit go for it are, are we not here for total bullshit that's what we're that's that we were, we're Knicks fans bullshit. that's that's what it is that's what we do yes yeah, exactly Knicks fans mean you, know, you put on a beat uh, put on a bib and just like <laughs> beg for that bullshit to be fucking plucked in your mouth you know what i mean that's so Knicks fan out there but no so my thing is my theory is I think Dolan does have a sale lined up for the Knicks, like back channeling and shit. And um, remember Rich Kleiman years ago, not even years ago, recently, within the last year, tweeted like I'm gonna run the Knicks one day. Yep. Mm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking mm. that he's part of the ownership group mm-hmm. that buys the Knicks. Mm. He gives up being KD's agent, right? He becomes part of the Knicks front office, <laughs> and he'll keep Perry and Mills because apparently he's cool with them. Cause he spoke good of him and he has a job in the Knicks front office and KD signs with the Knicks. What do you think? It's probably bullshit, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not, it's not a bad theory. I just don't know if Rich Kleiman, I mean, you, you need, you need some money to be an owner of the Knicks though. Yeah. What I'm saying is that he'll be part of an ownership group. You know what I mean? He could be one of like what business, five, six, business 35 ventures. <laughs> Shit, I mean, the, the, <laughs> that shit I, can't I, happen. You read no that way. KD article. <laughs> I mean, you read that uh, like that ESPN KD article that was all about Rich Kleiman and him and like the empire they're building. Apparently, yeah. they invested in like fifty businesses, some shit, in the last year and just been making mad money on the side. Like KD, his NBA contract is fucking loose change to him at this point, from what I read from that article. Like, he making big bucks yeah. off the court. And like Rich Kleiman, I mean, that article said he has friends in high places. He's like, he has mad friends, apparently. He's like that kind of dude. And he came from Rock Nation. He started as a music agent, you know what I mean? So imagine how many music moguls and shit he knows. Big, big wig people up up on like the record labels and shit, you know what I mean? If I don't he, know. I yeah, I mean, if he goes, for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he if he can pull that shit off, that's the fucking American dream. If he can go from an agent to an owner, that's. That's a while he'd he'd be the god at that point, you know. That's I don't even think he'll be like an owner. I think he'll be part, part of like the ownership group that'll allow him to oversee basketball operations or be like how Steve Mills is press, like like climbing buys into the Knicks and becomes like VP. You know what I mean? And he technically will be running the Knicks in a three headed like brain trust. Wow. And while his boy K D plays for us. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, this is some bullshit conspiracy theory I came up with, like, in the shower when I saw, when I, when I saw that the sale rumor, you know what I mean? I was like, you know what? This might have something to it now that I fucking voiced it. But then again, I'm... Hey, man, if, it, if that shit happens, you're you're the first to say it, so... Let's see. Yeah, I hear nowhere else, so that's like, you're trademark shit. that bitch. <laughs> that's, for, that's from the Nick, Nickish shit. Get out of here. That's, that, that's ours. If it happens. March 7th. If not, March not like 7th, 925. This has been publicized by the Nickish podcast, Nafi. Yep. I mean, shit, man. Like, it's it's like, and it's like, there's a history of agents giving up being an agent to work in the front office. Like, literally two years ago, Rob Palenka, he was a long-time agent. He was Kobe's agent for a minute. You know what I mean? That's why he had mad dealings with the Lakers. He gave that up. He gave up being an agent, left his agency, and then became GM of the of the Lakers once Magic got put in there. You know what I mean? I think it might be some kind of like some situation like that. Very interesting. Or like, I don't know. It's a it's some conspiracy theory. Obviously, it's some bullshit that I just came up with, but I don't know. Which seems plausible. <laughs> but um, then again, Bigfoot seems plausible too. So who knows? Yeah. 
But yeah, moving on. Bigfoot in the I front guess. office. That's uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the, the New York Knicks, right? Tankathon wise, the Knicks are at the top. Uh, you should you introduced me to a website. There's actually a website. It's called Tankathon.com. I love it. It's it's my it's my new favorite I'm, website. I'm now. shocked. I'm shocked. This is like <laughs> the first time that you've come across this, brother. I'm shocked as well. I'm yeah. Tankathon.com. The Knicks are at the top. They they usually on standings. You're you're green if you're winning multiple games in a row. On Tankathon, you're green if you lose multiple games. That's just mad funny to me. But the Knicks are at the top, and Bro. they have they have simulations to see you know what lottery odds you get. It's 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 fun. It's fun. It's fabulous for a tank for a tank a tank enthusiast. You know what I mean? Like I had this bitch bookmarked since 2015 when we were in our last deep tank. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Knicks uh, are currently have the worst record in the NBA right now. They've lost the last 24 in a row. They lost four in a row. They lost the last 23 out of 26 games, uh, which is really bad, really bad. But um, I have no problem with it. I don't want the Knicks to not end up with the worst record in the NBA. If they have the second worst record, that increases their chances of getting a lower pick or higher, higher pick lower pick you know what i mean like fifth sixth um if they have the third worst record they actually have a chance at getting the seventh pick so like that that kind of stuff i don't i don't even want to like risk that um that's that's why like that's why i'm a little iffy on guys like henry ellison who who might you know whose ceiling i believe would be like a like a role player and then he has that one good game that helps the knicks win a game and that just you know hurts their odds at the lottery that's that's my personal mm-hmm. that's like my issue because there were guys like that on the Knicks um, the last time they were tanking I like I don't remember these guys name besides Langston Galloway there was one other guy who had a buzzer beater you remember him Tim Hardaway no 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 this it, guy this guy's like not in the league anymore I forgot oh his name. fucking Maurice um, Endower Endower and N D O U R Endower yeah he had a fucking buzzer Fuck beater. That dude. And like, I don't want some shit like that to happen again. That's I'm looking at Henry Ellinson for that. They probably they put some KP looking guy there, and they're like, oh, you know, maybe maybe he's the next guy. No, like he's okay. His ceiling isn't that high. There's nothing special about I mean, him. He's, he could be an okay player, but I don't want this guy having you know shooting lights out one day and then breaking the next game, but like making the Knicks win that one game that he was shooting lights out. That's that's you my- bite your tongue when you talk about rock. Yeah, 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 you bite your tongue and talk about Rock Nation Henry. My brother, my good friend. And for those that aren't aware, Henry Ellison, who's cut by the Pistons, he was like the 16th overall pick in the 2016 draft. He got cut, and then we picked him up after a trade deadline. And then it came out that he signed with Rock Nation Sports, who also happens to rep KD. So I'm just saying, it was, it, to me, who has no sources or anything like that, that, that seemed like a favor for a favor, you know what I mean? Like, let's get, we'll, we'll sign your scrub to a contract. You know, see, we're good. we're good to your people. It's like how like fucking the Lakers signed uh, Caldwell Pope like a year before they even had LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Caldwell Pope clutch. and Henry Ellenson. Difference is that you know people know one guy and people don't know the other. You know what I mean? Like when they're assigned. I mean, people know Pope. But I don't think they want to. <laughs> he, he's not, not a good bad. He's not. He's not a bad player. He's okay. He's alright. He stinks, bro. Right. I mean, this ain't the Caldwell Pope uh, podcast, but he's like a. He's a theoretical three and D player that can't do either consistently. You know what I mean? So like I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. My thing is just like you know, 
uh, that it's different, obviously. And like he he signed for big money with the Lakers before LeBron got there, and Henley obviously signed like a minimum contract. But you know that the agencies get paid no matter how big their contract is, right? Which is my point. But not to your overall point though about like worry about the tank, somebody stepping up. But you know maybe that's why Fizz only played down to three minutes in the last game. Yeah. They even play cornet. You know, me and White Jesus over there. So. I mean, the game that the Knicks won recently, I forgot who it was against, where Ellenson actually played well. Um, I think it was against the Hawks, right? Where Ellenson debuted and he scored like 20 points or something like that. Uh, I think it was Orlando. Was it? It might. It might have been Orlando. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I was who watching was. that game. That lineup they had in Crunchtown was yeah. like Mitch Ellenson. John Trier, Jenkins, Jenkins yeah, and yeah. Moutier, I, I feel like. So what I guess mean? I guess Fizdale did what he could just to not put his stupid, you know, best play. That's why Dennis was on the bench, um, and all that. So that's that's all. That's I hard. mean, he had Mitch the God in there, though. You know what I mean? Who you want? You want me to tell, tell our listeners about the the stat I ran into today? Uh, yeah, yeah. About Mitch. <laughs> so apparently, this is stats dated from the twenty. 20- from the 26th, it's like the ESPN and B account Twitter, uh, and it's like Mitchell Robinson joins um, Yao Ming and Tim Duncan as the only other rookies in the last 25 years to have a double-double and five blocks in back-to-back games. I mean... That's two Hall of Famers. What more can you say? What more can you say? You know what I mean? Like, it's he's precocious out there with the shot blocking. Wait, uh, is Yao Ming a Hall of Famer yet? Yeah, I think he got in last year. Really? Good. Okay, let me double check, because I, I said it so... Uh, confidently, but I don't want to like be wrong. I'm pretty sure he is. No, nah, man, you got. He's like a Chinese the, the icon. The key is, <laughs> you got to take from Max Kellerman and just be wrong with confidence. Yeah, <laughs> spot some bullshit as long as you're confidently. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he. No, nah, he he joined the Hall of Fame in 2016. Wow. All right. But yeah, he yeah, I mean, Mitchell Robinson basically. His name is uh, next to two Hall of Famers. Tim Duncan is one of the best players of all time. Yao Ming is, a, is an icon for for China, uh, and you know he was really good until he got injured. Um, but that's that's great for you know big money, Mitch. Yo, and it's just like yo, he's out there like incrementally learning how to do everything game by game. It's like there's so much more for him to learn, just like the nuances of like team defense, like uh, off ball awareness, rotations, um, just learning how to be savvy and that'll come with time but it's like what he's doing right now just based off his raw talent is fucking impressive doug yeah like he's a shot fucking fucking like prodigy and he jumps at everything so imagine once he realizes when it's he'll, he'll start to learn when it's better to jump and when he does that who knows what he can do in 36 minutes right now he's averaging four and a half blocks per game as a 20 year old mm-hmm. so once he realizes you know once he can time his jump better he he might go for more. He probably will. Yeah, because it's just like the teams know he's out there jumpy, right? So that's how he gets into foul trouble. You know what I mean? I, I know that's like kind of an issue that like just like isn't that big of a thing as he was earlier, but like it's still it's still a thing where he gets into foul trouble because he's so shot block hungry. But I think that'll just come for him like realizing, like I said, becoming more savvy. We're realizing we're just like the threat of him being near a shot will be enough instead of just jumping and getting into fouls. You know yeah. what I mean? That's just savvy. You know what I mean, I think like the greatest like defensive like big men in the game right now have that down pat. Like Gobert, just him being around the rim or like being in the vicinity of a score or whatever is enough for them to like uh, pass the ball out or just like dribble back under the rim and like try to reset the offense. You know what I mean? So like that'll come with time and patience. And 
And the difference. He's a fucking second round steal, bro. <laughs> yeah, and and the difference between Gobert and Mitchell right now is, uh, Gobert's mostly blocking from the paint. Mitchell can block anywhere on the court, and that's that's something that's not common at all. I can't think of another player who was willing to, you know, run to the three point line to to block a three point shot. You know, off the top of my head. I, yeah, he's been he's been blocking perimeter jumpers all season. It's yeah. just like that's I think that's like I, I mentioned like Sports Illustrated put out an article said about Mitch and they had mentioned this and I and I definitely see it now. It's just like he Mitch might be like like I'm not to gas him too much, but he is our rook. But like, he might just be like the first in a wave of like big men that are like revolutionizing the defensive end. You know, like we saw the unicorns that like, oh, they're big men that can shoot threes, handle the ball, right? Mitch might be the other end where it's just like in the playoffs, I think we seen we seen it with Gobert and maybe Capella a little bit, where they might not even get crunch time minutes because like um, the other team is playing mad small. And you need like switchability and perimeter defenders, guys that can hold their own on the perimeter. Yeah, I mean Mitch is already showing he could do that now as a twenty year old rookie that haven't played in a year. You know what I mean? Like I think that's something you could hone, and that might be like a cheat code where like yeah, pull our big man out to the paint, to the perimeter, right? Try to try to put a jumper over him. It's not going to happen because Mitch is like that, like, mad nimble on his feet. He got great dexterity, like, coordination, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and timing with the shot blocking. It's like, I don't know, it's like, it's fucking, like, it got me salivating, bro. Like, his he's, potential, like, and pause. He's seven. <laughs> he's 7-1. Let's not forget, he's 7-1. He can, he can guard, he can, yeah, like, you know, exactly what you said. He's a difference maker, and he's a start of something that you know we'll probably be more accustomed to in years to come uh, in the NBA. But yeah, and yo, bro, yeah. like it's just a league let him fall to the second round. Like last night, I was watching the Lakers game against um. Oh, who the fuck were they playing last night? They lost. Fucking Nuggets. Yeah, fucking but the Nuggets. That's how Mo Wagner, their their rookie center game minutes. That dude was so bad now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Theoretically, he should be a stretch big, but he couldn't make open jumpers. He was out there getting lost on defense, getting bullied by Mason Plumley. The plum dog was putting it, putting him through the room, through the fucking rim. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is a kid the Lakers took at 25 overall. I think we took Mitch at 36. You know what I mean? Like, yo. I mean, I feel like LeBron would appreciate having a big man and throw lobs to like that, but nah, gotta get the, the elite Mo Wagner. So. Lucky for us. Yep. But meanwhile, our first-round pick, Kevin Knox, hasn't been too hot lately. Um, saw somewhere that he's he currently, or as of, like a week ago, as as of then, he was the worst uh, player defensively in his position, along with Ennis Canner at center. No surprise there. Uh, Trey Young at point guard. I don't remember who was at shooting guard and small. I mean, at power. Um but the important thing is that Kevin Knox defensively isn't so hot and offensively definitely not. He's either bricking them or he's making them kind of not in the middle and percentage-wise they're all very low. So Knox, you know, his his motor isn't as high as it should be. Uh that's something that we saw was supposed to be a problem or we knew would be might have been might be a problem at at the start of the season, but um it could just be a, a result of him hitting the rookie wall and playing too many games, he has tired legs. He's averaging over thirty minutes a game. So that's you know, that's that's Kevin Knox. What are your, what are your I mean, takes on him? Shit, bro. Like that that wall came up like 
immediately, like after December. You know what I mean? Like uh, at the time around then, everybody in DC was talking about a wall being built. Like oh, shit, that motherfucker got shipped to MSG. Like put on fucking Knox's locker because that he's been bad, bro. Like he's not finishing at the rim. He's just like he's not a good passer at all. Like I remember last night he was running the break and he had his head down the entire time while Dotson was like running right beside him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And going to the corner and Dotson had an open shot. Like Knox didn't even see. He just went for a layup and just got that shit blocked or he fucking missed it. I don't even remember, but I was just so fucking frustrated. You know what he, I mean? And he, I, I mean, wish you were to be more about it. As, yeah. No, I was just gonna say that's to be expected because he's a young player, but it's just frustrating because like given everything, like he has not he's been bad you know so it's like it was just more bad on top of bad but yeah go on i I just wish he were a bit more aggressive like he he drives him very softly and when he's trying to get to the hoop it's like like i the floaters are are whatever you know like they're okay as long as they go in that's that's what's important but i wish he were a bit more aggressive and try to show a little thing or two uh you know closer to the rim his shot his shot form isn't so bad um he's probably just he just needs to be a bit more patient, and the shot will fall. But every, everything else, I just wish he, you know, I just wish he drove in a little harder and was a bit more aggressive. That's that's something I really yeah. want to start seeing moving forward. He just he just looks very weak. Word. Yeah, and it's like yo. Know, to be clear, like, we still have high as shit on him. Like he yeah. still got the traits out there of like a like a perfect big wing in the current league. You know what I mean? Like if he if he gets his jumper down pad and he just becomes like a decent defensive player, that's like a well. It's a good use of that. It was the eighth overall pick, ninth overall pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like for now, he's just like he's, he's a low efficiency player, but he still takes a lot of shots. But he, and he doesn't he doesn't pass at all. Um, plays zero defense, and like like you said, he goes in soft in the rim. And I think it's because he's he's like a nineteen year old. You know what I mean? He's the youngest player in the league, basically. Was that aside from Jaron Jackson? I think. But I mean, we see him cooking out there, Jaron Jackson. But like Knox, like. I think this just goes back to like his his profile at Kentucky, like that all we read about back there was like he was just passive at Kentucky, like he was their most talented player, but like Shy Gildas Alexander was like their leader, you know what I mean? It's like that kind of situation, and I mean I'm I mentioned at the time when we got him, like I was more high on him or more happy about getting knocked than I was for getting Frank, and like that's no knock on Frank, but like now I'm kind of like reverting back to those like the, the negatives coming out of Kentucky, where like. It just like it's spooky because it kind of reminds you of, like the shit they were saying about Wiggins when he came out of his draft and like Wiggins is, like we in year six now and still waiting on him. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. So, so I don't know, man. Like uh, let's hope that like maybe Knox shows some before it's time for him to get paid. But I don't want to end up in like a situation where we pay him mad money, still waiting on him to reach his potential, like the the Wolves did with Wiggins and who's been the opposite of good in Minnesota. But at least like Knox ain't overpaid as shit. You know. Yeah, he just needs a shot to fall more, you know. Like he was supposed to come out as a pretty good shooter, and that's not that's not looking so hot right now. But uh, the other guy you mentioned, Frank Nilakina, some news broke out today that the Knicks might be shopping him uh, during the draft lottery uh, or during draft time. So, what do you what do you think about that? No, Frank hasn't played in I I don't know how many games in a row, but he hasn't played in a while. He's had a groin injury. Uh, that he hasn't come back from, and he just we just haven't seen him on court for a long time. We still have we still haven't seen him play next to Dennis Smith Jr., uh, who's been looking pretty good so far. So, the Knicks trade, let's say the Knicks trade Frank for a lottery pick. Uh, would you be cool with that? Um, below five. Point, let's, like let's say it's... let's say it's in the let's say it's like in the ten to twelve region. Do you think we even get that though? 
I don't know. I mean, that's that's another question. But like, if you were to tell me that, like on draft night, twenty nineteen, we some team in the late in the late lottery or whatever offers a offers their their pick for Frank. I mean, I mean, shit, you gotta take it, right? Like, I I would, yeah, I would be you mad. Take it? Like to to me, yeah, just because like at this point, like if they're exploring offers for Frank, I mean, we already know from the season, from like Bizzo up to like the front office. Um, you can just tell from their actions. They don't really, they never, like, they probably, they gave Frank a shot at point guard, but to them, maybe they've seen enough. And, like, you see it now just in terms of the messaging we're getting from Fisdale, just from the front office or, or like, the reporters around the team. They just, like, think internally the Knicks see Frank is, like, um, not a point guard because obviously they got Dennis now, so their future at point guard to them is, is Dennis, but they see Frank more of as, like, a wing player, right? Like, a complimentary wing player. And, like, you know, if like a lottery team offers their pick, I think that's, a, that's a, objectively speaking, that's a good deal. You know, like we traded uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, like was it a year and a half ago for two seconds? Um, KP for uh, was it Dennis Smith, uh, cap space and like two first, and uh, getting just a straight up lotto pick for Frank. I think like objectively that would be a good deal, right? Like I mean, Philly got a a lot like a a, a first round pick for. For Fultz and Fultz been MIA for like a, a year and a half, you know, and he was the number one overall pick. So if we were to get like a lotto pick straight up for Frank, like I, I wouldn't be mad at it, be disappointed obviously. It's like uh, I feel like that's a given. Like that's that's the French French Prince, you know what I mean? That's our, that's our baby. But I feel like you're just like you're you're dead set against trading Frank regardless of whatever, right? Is that, is that your mentality? Um. So uh, I'm not I'm not dead set against trading him. If they get a good return, they get a good return. Because I think with the rise of Alonzo Trier and Damian Dotson, who've been solid pretty much every game recently, maybe not Dotson so much, but Trier definitely has been really solid. Dame, we've seen him be solid before. I think with those two guys rising as wing players, um, for that makes Frank expendable at this point. Frank has shown elite defense, if but you know late, there's no reason for us to believe that his confidence has come up. We don't. There, there no. There's no like footage of him recently taking shots or anything like that. Jason Kidd met with the Knicks in Phoenix the other day, and Damian Dotson, no, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Emmanuel Mudiay were both talking to him, but Frank was standing like 10, 15 feet away, just watching on. He dapped him up, but they he didn't talk to him. That's Jason Kidd, you know, one, a Hall of Famer, one of the best point guards of all time, and he wasn't talking to him. So that yeah, that speaks a lot. That's you know? on Frank, yeah. That, yeah, that's on Frank. We're you know not. I mean? He he was showing all these training videos over the summer, and that was good. It showed progress, showed him putting effort. I understand he's coming back from an injury, but there's no sign for us as fans to see that Frank Nilakina is, you know, working hard to improve his jumper. He he's averaging. I, I think he's. I think his field goal percentage is forty percent right now, which is dead last in the NBA. So you know, Frank, what are you doing to? To improve on that how are you showing that you're rehabbing for a great a groin injury right but you know how are you improving the confidence for the knicks front office and us as fans i'm not so sure so i think i, I think, mean to his credit yeah yeah not not to cut you off but i'm like to his credit though like all we hear about frank though is like from the players and just like other reporters and that have sources you tell me how like how much of a hard worker frank is you know, I guess it's like we brought this up when we spoke about Frank early in or earlier episodes, and I had quoted Zach Lowe saying he's like a top, like bottom three worst, like rotation player offensively. And I mean that's that's comes with the territory because he's a project coming out, right? But 
don't know. I don't want to. I try to hesitate from like passing too many judgments based on like um, yeah. just like behind the scenes shit. You know what I mean? Because but because like from everything we see, like Frank's a hard worker, smart kid, a uh, good attitude in terms of that. I think it's just like not the attitude that Fizz is looking for in his point guard. He wants like a bulldog that'll consist consistently attack from jump. And like he got it in Dennis, but I think he's seeing something different for Frank. That's if we keep him at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I I I love Frank. I don't want to see him go, but you know I have a good feeling. I have a gut feeling that they're gonna they're gonna trade him just because I feel like he might not be fitting the culture that they're building right there right now. It's, and again, objectively speaking, Trier and Dotson are playing very well. And you know, just go back to my point earlier that makes Frank expendable. Yeah, and then we got Dennis and. I mean that that point guard spot for our future is locked up. If anything, regardless of whatever happens in the summer, like Dennis is the point guard moving forward. You know what I mean? Um, that'll change if and when we get Kyrie or or Kemba or whoever. But you know, right now Dennis is is, is the guy at point guard. Um, rightfully so, just given how impressive he's been. Like um, like obviously there's gonna be stretches of inconsistency. His shooting still needs work. Like I need like Dennis to just like take two thousand jumpers a day during the summer. Cause like once he gets a consistent jumper, like his his whole entire offensive game will op- open up. You know what I mean? Like it'll be a lot easier for that like athletic freak nature to get to the paint and like finish. If like the, the other team got to worry about his jumper, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But w- I guess with Frank, it's like I I, I like obviously I, not none of us want to see him go, but I'm thinking it's just like it's it's like Scott Perry came in, he like inherited Frank, you know, sort of so to speak. He's a fill pick, you know. And like Dame, he's he's a fill pick as well. But we saw him let go of KP and Billy. The only other fill guys left are are, are Frank, um, Dotson. They let go of Baker. Uh, they kept Lance around. I think that's mostly just because he's like a veteran. That's like a good locker room presence. And he does have like that KD connection as well um, from their OKC days. But I don't know. I feel like to them, it's just like if they if they could get value for Frank on draft night, they'll do it and. I can't front. I'm, I'll be disappointed. You know what I mean? But I'll see the sense in it just because I could, like, I'm giving the benefit of doubt to this front office because they've, to me, like, from where I'm sitting, it's just like Scott Perry came in. They've been a pragmatic group of people in terms of, like, the moves they make. You know what I mean? Like, I just always go back to, like, when we when he came in, when Scott Perry came in, we were about to do the Mellow to Houston deal. He came in and he took, it took, like, a month. They, like, they tabled the Mellow shit and they took a month to, like, reassess. And then they sent him to OKC, you know? To me, that speaks to the kind of like thinker and like a mover that Perry is with his moves. He's whatever he does, uh, the steps he takes is always just like with with planning and thought put into it. And I mean, we already know Frank. If like if we were to make hit that pipe dream of getting like that super big three of AD, KD, and Kyrie, Frank's gonna be in the AD package, bro. Yeah, so we already know he's like it's obviously it's different when you talk about training for a superstar, but like we already know like they're not married to him so to speak you know what i mean like they're yeah. they're willing to trade him rumor came out today put him on right. the block yeah but it's like yo man like we all like all year rightfully so <clears throat> knicks fans and especially us we talk about just give more frank more time more playing time and like that's on the knicks like front office and the coaching staff you know what i mean <laughs> but, like that shit about this kid it kind of rubbed me the wrong way just because like yo you got hall of point paul fame point guard probably the greatest passer to ever touch the nba hardwood Literally 15 feet away from you, talking to the other young players, holding court, giving them tutelage, and like you two wrapped up in like whatever like rehab work you're doing or whatever work you're doing on the sides, and not even just like amble over and just like listen in and he ask questions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like 
I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, it just don't, it don't make any sense. Like, you can't be that shy. You, like, you cannot be that shy to to not do it. No, no way. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, you got Jason. Yo, I don't. I'm gonna keep saying it. Jason Kidd. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's over there. He's like, take two steps. Say, hey, I'm Frank Nilakina. I would like to learn. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not like fucking like. Oh, we're at our work functions that we get a network with like fucking people we don't even know for yeah. for a job we barely even and care Jason about. Kidd, I mean, you playing ball. <laughs> Jason, Jason Kidd was a terrible three point shooter, and he turned out and he he turned that right around. And he became a very good three point shooter, especially when when he was with the Knicks and prior to that. But like earlier in his career, he wasn't a good shooter, and he was able to yeah. fix that and you know adjust his game and evolve. That's something that Frank could. You know, definitely learn from from kid. Yeah, because it's like yo, you're a defensive oriented uh, kid with knows uh, how to supposedly pass. high bas- with high basketball uh, defensive oriented high basketball IQ with a broken jumper, and you're not, and you turn to your left, you see Jason Kidd, and you're like, you know what, I'm good. Like, how are you gonna do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> make that make sense for me, bro. Like, uh-huh. come on, Frank. Like, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, maybe his trainer was right there, the, and team doctor was right there, and he's like, nah, you got to do a rehab. Like, But I doubt it. I doubt like taking 15, 20 minutes out of your rehab time is going to be all that all that terrible. You know what I mean? Because like, let's be honest, he'd be, like, he'd been gone for a minute because I remember when he first went out, Fizdale was saying, oh, Frank might be he's out for one to two weeks, you know? And I could just be based off the information Fizdale got at the time, but it's been like six weeks since Frank got injured. Mm-hmm. So... Like, you're obviously taking your sweet time with your rehab. Of course, that the sweet time is being taken with your rehab, if not by you personally, right, Frank? So, like, make the most of that time away and just, you know, just fucking talk to Jason Kidd. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that fucking simple. <laughs> it's really that simple. I mean, yeah. I'm still rooting on Frank because that's, that's what we do as Knicks fans. We're always rooting for, for the bad player, bad team to really turn things around and become great. So, well, uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, hopefully, it comes back comes back on the court soon. Um, NBA wise, uh, latest KD news? Anything? Anything that that stands out to you? Um, I feel like it's been a lot since we touched on KD exclusively. I know some shit's been happening that we talked about offline, but I mean, I mean, he's so moody. He's so he's still on the Warriors. He's uh, he don't fuck with the media. Um, there's a guy on Fox Sports, so you may have heard of him, Chris Boussard. Actually, you know, I, I, he has a good friends, right? Yeah, we're great friends. We, we got pictures. We got pictures together. And, like, for real, though. Yeah. I'm at the guy. I've heard crazy stories about, I heard crazy stories about y'all Sunday brunches, bro. Like, y'all get wild. <laughs> Might need to sit in on that. Old Chrissy boy is a wild boy. Don't even get, don't even get me started on your habits. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Broussard was on Fox Sports, and he was, uh, talking about how, um, I actually got that shit pulled up. Let me see. I don't have the exact quote, but like what he was basically saying is like the Knicks should be worried about the Clippers and like New York's media and like that attention might play a part in like KD and Kyrie not coming in the Knicks. And he was saying, I like KD and Kyrie is far from a lot. And I know you have more fond feelings for Bruce Hart than I do, obviously given your, your, your extensive friendship and just like long uh, bond that you guys share, you know, like, I heard about that 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 2011 canoe trip you guys took together. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff of legend, bro. I heard great <laughs> things, but I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this dude. He's almost always wrong. Um, I just go back to the 2010 summer where like 
like three months straight going into that July of 2010 before LeBron made his decision. He was just flip-flopping. He was going, oh, the Knicks are going to get LeBron. No, nah, it's going to be Chicago. Um, wait, the Knicks are back in play. But no, nah, I think it's Chicago. I think LeBron's going to Chicago with Dwayne Wade. No, it's, he's going to go with Chris Bosh. Then he goes to Miami. And then like Chris Broussard just like confirms it. Like, okay, you confirmed the news that already broke. Like, a good, great fucking job. But that's just my way of saying I don't take the shit um, like that serious from him. Just given all the like the whispers and KD rumors we heard from more legitimate guys, but like, mommy, what's your take on it, buddy? I mean, I think I think there's a better chance of Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors than Kevin Durant signing with the Knicks. I it's just it's just oh hey you know you know that what hurt. I'm saying like <laughs> that hurt that was hurtful. Uh, <laughs> no, no, go on. Yeah, you know, I I say all these things just to prep my own self because if that actually doesn't happen, if Katie does not sign with the Knicks, I'm gonna be heartbroken. If we don't get shit, if we get Jimmy fucking Butler and Tobias Harris or 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 Vucevic on our max contracts, I'm I don't want to say I'm done, but I might be done. Um, being a Knicks fan, but uh, you know, b- back to my point, I think there's a higher chance of Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors. I think that's more of a solid. Uh, bet to make versus him joining the Knicks. The Clippers are legit. I would be worried. Uh, I am worried about the Clippers because mm-hmm. the whole KD versus media has been a thing for a long time now. At this point, and it's just it's become a repetitive thing. Him and him and Kyrie versus the media, and I I like what they're doing. I I don't I have no problems with them complaining about the media because at the end of the day, all they're being barraged about are you know rumors and the off season. No one's actually like asking them questions or too many questions about what they're doing on the court um, and basketball-wise. It's all about, like, you know, rumors and uh, speculations, and it, I'm sure it gets annoying at a point. But that's just not that. that's not going to go away in New York. That's only going to get exasperated. It's only going to get multiplied. It's going to double, triple, quadruple, way more than the way it is in San Francisco and Boston right now. So L.A. and New York – you know, has always been seen as prime destinations for Kevin Durant. Uh, Lakers at this point probably won't be the team where too many free agents look into just because they collapsed the season with LeBron leading the way. That's my take. But LA Clippers, you know, top to bottom at this point, they're a good team. Like you said earlier in the pod, man, Steve Ballmer's a great owner. Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He has no all-stars on his team, yet they have a pretty good record. Uh, they made Tobias. Yeah, they, better, they got a bunch of role guys that all complement each other, play hard, and just play good defense. Like they got everything but the stars. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they rush her. The culture is built. Everything's ready, and they're in a prime destination, in LA, without as much pressure as the Lakers would have given uh, than the Clippers. So the media attention will be there because Kevin Durant is arguably the best player in the world. So he'll media will always follow him. But when it comes to Clippers versus the Knicks. You know, if if the media is that much of a hindrance to Kevin Durant, you know, I don't see why he wouldn't choose the Clippers over the Knicks, especially if they if they can somehow gather enough space for a second free agent, he he can choose uh, another free agent, maybe Kawhi Leonard. You know, Kawhi Leonard is a top five NBA player, and he's quiet enough to not give okay. a shit about taking the spotlight. So Kevin Durant will have his spotlight, will have his city, will have the media, or the media not be so harsh against him, but. And but he'll also have Kawhi Leonard, and they'll be title contenders right away. If you have the best defender and the best two-way player in the NBA right next to you, um, and you know one of the best coaches in the in the NBA, someone that he definitely trusts, and you know with the fan base that'll 
be there for him. And the Clippers haven't won a title in who knows how long. Have they ever won a title? I don't know. Um, but no, nah, but I mean, the story like the story said, goes there too, just like the way it does for New York. the The title drought applies to the Clippers also. I uh, I mean, trying to take in everything you say, but yeah. I got several thoughts. Sure. I mean, first off, just in regards to Kawhi being a possible running mate for KD. Do you remember when uh, KD made some comments a while back about like the environment around LeBron being toxic? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he mentioned how like players don't really want to go there because they know that he's they're gonna go. They're one immediately gonna be like the second class citizens covered to LeBron that he'll get the credit um, when they succeed and the, the the supporting cast gets the blame when they go down. Yeah. And he brought up specifically Kawhi, how like a player like Kawhi wouldn't want to go there because his game ba- is based around him like dominating the ball and having control of the ball, controlling the pace, going into his spots to score. Right? That is how like a dude that's like ready and willing to play with Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like it could just be out of admiration, but I also know that like they don't really have a relationship because I don't know if you remember a couple years back. I think it was 2011, 2010. KD uh, had tweeted some shit about how like a Kawhi's just a system player. You know what I mean? Like something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I could say like if it, I don't obviously we don't know these guys, but that just that might seem like an icy relationship right there. It could be cordial and shit, but I don't know. From like I don't think Kawhi is a consideration for him as a running bait. You know what I mean? That's but fine. That's yeah. my thought on that. That's my that's my thought on that. But it's also just like. Two, I also wouldn't count on the Lakers because it's like to that end, like like KD obviously made those comments about the environment around LeBron being toxic, but he's also like mad good friends to LeBron. They're basically like buddies, you know what I mean? Like they like each other's biggest fans. They had that video, I think it was like last year or like two years ago, where they're like riding around in an Uber with um, fuck, I forgot what her name is from ESPN, but like they were just talking about how like they're the two best players. So it's like a mutual admiration kind of club they got going between each other. It's like a bromance. Like it's adorable. So I can see that happening. Him going to LA, team with LeBron. Um, you know, like putting the league on Ted. Because I mean, say what you will about like his insecurity since he like going to the Warriors, but he still made that move to the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like there's, there was definitely people around him telling him like, "Yo, people are gonna feel a type of way about you doing this," and he still did it, right? And I feel like people feel a type of way about him going to LA to team with LeBron after years of just being like the number two guy to him. You know what I mean? Because I think at the end of the day, it's like whatever KD wants is like for him to be fulfilled. And like, it was said as much in um that uh that big ESPN article I mentioned about him and Rich Kleiman, where he's just doing whatever um he's at the chapter of his life in terms of his basketball career where he doesn't um he's not chasing anything right now. I think he said that explicitly. You know, he's just out there trying to get get fulfilled, a new fulfilling experience. So I could see that in terms of like him. Like I definitely feel like he's out the door in Golden State, and I wouldn't count out LA. You know, the Lakers. Um, another, just another point I want to bring up, just to to your whole um, uh, diatribe or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I think the whole like shit about the New York media is just like the whole big bad New York media. I think it's all bullshit at the end of the day because like we we follow the Knicks, bro. We follow what's get written written about them at least locally in New York, and it's like, yo, most of these reporters are fucking dumbasses, bro. Like pure idiots, and it's like. We already seen KD and Kyrie. They both have no hesitation with putting these reporters in their place, and like these 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 New York reporters, like like I said, uh, Stephen Bonnie from the D- Daily News, um, Frank Isola, he's not at the Daily News no more, but I think he works for the Athletic, and he still covers New York time and time again. He's had some terrible takes. New York Post, the article we men- mentioned today about Frank, Mark Berman wrote it. That dude's been a great aid, a numbskull, dumbass <laughs> since I <laughs> yeah. like started paying attention to the shit. <laughs> Like, these are the people that, like, KD got to be afraid of? You know what I mean? Coming here? 
Like, nah, bro. Like, it, it, it to me, it's just like what's happening with KD and Kyrie right now, how, like, uh, moody and just, like, grumpy they've been with the media. I think it also goes to them just, like, being mentally checked out. Like, they're just – they're not – the, obviously they're not happy if like the way they're acting right now right they're not happy with the media but it's also just like the situation around them was like something like they were into that was like fulfilling that they felt like we like invigorated by they wouldn't be this grumpy anyway you know what i mean so like if they like if they were both to take on that challenge quote unquote to come to new york and try to turn this bitch around i think that's like and they signed for like you know three-year contracts four-year contracts whatever lebron did with la they're like tied down here they're here you know what I mean? And we've seen, like, the New York media, like, they love Mellow. I think that's the one thing that just, like, gets overlooked. The the beat writers and the beat reporters that cover the Knicks on a daily basis, they all have good things to say about Mellow um, in terms of, like, how he acted as a professional and shit like that. And you know KD and Mellow are boys, right? So if he has, if he wants any tips to directly deal with the New York media from somebody that was fucking in the fire for, like, eight years, as you got Carmelo Anthony on speed dial, you know what I mean? So that's my take on the media thing. So, I mean, obviously, like, we've been hearing whispers about KD to to the Knicks, and we started our very first podcast talking about that as, like, faint possibility. And now that it seems like it's picking up steam, I don't want to jinx it. You know yeah. what I mean? But so it's just, like, cautious optimism right now. Yeah. But that was, that was just my point to rebuttal to what you were saying. Like, I'm still, like, firmly on the train where I think it's a legit possibility. But so, and I just yeah. feel like these these people are just grasping at straws to come up with reasons for them not to go. Because like, we're the Knicks, obviously. You know what I mean? Like we're just we're we're a punchline, and we've been a punchline, and we're gonna be a punchline until we're not no more. And they know that like them jokes ain't gonna fly if we get KD and like uh, uh, insert other superstar free agent. Could be Kyrie, could be whoever. We're not gonna be a punchline no more if like we get KD. You know what I mean? Like so like I don't know. I mean, so, what, what yeah. was you gonna say? No, yeah, uh, a few things. So. The the Kawhi thing, uh, Katie and Kawhi not really want to play together. I think that's okay because at that point, if the Clippers are getting KD, they'll be like pick whoever else you want if you're gonna come. And I'm sure at that point he doesn't have to pick Kawhi Leonard. He could pick Kyrie right there if Kyrie's down to go to LA, which I which I don't see why he wouldn't be. The LeBron thing, joining LeBron. LeBron's gonna be I think 36 uh, soon next year I think. Um, and I think they only have enough money to sign one free agent. I don't think Kevin Durant would want to join an aging LeBron James who, you know, seemingly doesn't play defense right now and join a team of young, you know, kids who who might not like LeBron James right now. Like he doesn't no no one sits next to him on on the bench. I'm sure you've seen this like that's made that's like a big point that that was made recently that he doesn't get along with his teammates too well. So I don't know if Kevin Durant really wants to like join that right now. I think you know the Clippers have a better shot at getting KD over over the Lakers. Um, the other thing is, is something interesting that you said about the media about Kyrie and KD not both like both of them not liking them and shutting them down all the time. Um, there one point is that they get pissed off by dumbass questions, so they're gonna continuously get dumbass questions in New York. But that's fine. Uh, the other the, the interesting thing that I just came up that I just you know thought of right now is if they both join the Knicks, they're both always gonna shut down the media like together so that would actually make it easier for them to handle the media if they're both just like questioning the dumbassery that they're gonna get you know what i mean yeah do you remember back when we we had like the, the stat and mellow combo was like fresh them two was doing the press conferences together yeah it was like the same thing like you and lebron did for a minute in miami just doing the press conferences together you know what yeah. i mean so that would like, actually make like they're it gonna be easier. alone yeah 
Yeah, and it's also just like, you know, the media thing is like not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like a big, like, it's just like annoyed. You know, they're, they're annoyed, obviously. Um, we saw Kyrie's, it's our mood change once, like, we got rid of KP and, like, the Knicks took the Kyrie to the Knicks room was picked up, mm. you know? And, like, I don't know why he was getting so pissed. Maybe he was pissed that it came out. Maybe he's pissed because he's undecided and he's like, like, people talking about what he's going to do. Could be a mix of both. You know what I mean? Like, but my thing is, like, I don't know. I, th- I don't think the media thing is just like, a, like a big enough deal. You know, like it's like a mild like disturbance to them on a daily basis. But it's also like it goes to like the situational thing. Like I feel like KD's like playing the season on a string where he's just like he knows he's out of there. He's 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 going to work every day. He's like like a regular person that you know like there's this shit every day at work that pisses you off, right? Like yeah. honestly, like it's with everybody. So I think it's just like the media is part of it where he's just like grumpy because. One, like his future is being talked about by other people that don't know him personally. And two, it's like he has to deal with these questions that are just like, he's a hoop. The dude loves ball at a pure level from everything you hear from KD in the podcast. He does with Bill Simmons and articles and interviews he he takes place in, or takes part in. So like his biggest thing is like, yo, like I get it, the media or like the the rumors and shit runs off season. But like, yo, ask me about the game. Like what we did during the game. Like ask me about basketball. You know, so I see that on a lot of level. Like I, 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 I fucking, I get what he's saying. You know, like I see his entire point with that. And I think when he gets to New York, it's like it'll be a big commotion at first. But like, yo, when it gets, if him and Kyrie both commit long term to us, it's just gonna be talking about basketball. Cause that's right. the same shit with Melo. You know what I mean? When Melo was entrenched here, all the questions were just about basketball, whether the team was underachieving, overachieving, or whatever the fuck. It was just basketball related shit. You know? Yep. I mean, you know, all these points have to be made just just to like blanket ourselves and you know pill <laughs> and just set up pillowcases around ourselves in case the shit blows up in our faces. Let's just I, okay. all we can do is just hope that yeah. it doesn't doesn't work out. Yeah, you, uh, you, you seen True Detective, right? With uh, Matthew McConaughey? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, oh. good ass show. He's fucking in there talking about like he hates everything. The world is terrible. It's like, it's like you with the Knicks right now. It's like mentally <laughs> preparing yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to do that. I, I can't be – I it's happened too many times, overly optimistic, and, you know, you're just let down. So I got to think of – I got to think outside the box. I got to think of, you know, I got to think of from a pessimistic level too, as, as same as an optimistic level, just to that's, – that's, that's, that's what we got to do as Knicks fans because that's some Knickish shit to happen. That's some Knickish shit to happen for us to sign Vucevic and Jimmy Butler to max deals and lose out on – a KD, Kyrie, Kawhi. All right, all right. I see you, Max Kellerman. I see you. But my thing is, oh, one last point I wanted to make that I forgot to make when I was like uh, yeah. responding to what you were saying. But um, just about Kyrie and KD um, going to the Clippers, um, being in LA. Um, I think I mentioned this to you once. I follow a dude on Twitter named Nate Jones. I probably dropped his name mad times. So you yeah. know, just go give that dude a follow on Twitter, even though he probably doesn't even acknowledge us or even know who the fuck we're talking about. But like, um. <laughs> That dude knows ball, and he's part of Dame Lillard's uh, team. Like, he's one of his agents, right? And he was saying how, like, a lot of these guys, the big superstars, um, they work for whatever. they Their main employers are their endorsers or, like, their, their shoe contracts. Nike being the, the case with KD and Kyrie. The, the majority of their money and income comes from Nike, right? Yeah. And, like, whatever moves they make um, – not whatever moves, but like predominantly, he was saying how like predominantly the moves they make on the court or like the teams they choose is driven by that. Is that that that's a factor for sure, a hundred percent. You know what I mean? So his point was, or like not his point, but like what I took away from that was just like 
Nike already got LeBron in LA, right? Would they want to saturate LA with having Kai D and Ka- Kyrie there on top of LeBron? <laughs> you said, you say Kai D? Kai D, yes. That's going to be the, the, the fucking uh, the name of the duo we get them. But, like, yo, my point is, uh, you think Nike would fuck with that? Just having, like, all the th- big three in one city? You know what I mean? Like, I think they would want to have, like, LA dominated with yeah. LeBron, right? And if, I were to, if LeBron gets AD, that's two Nike guys right there in the flag, flagship, like, LA franchise, right? And then, uh, like, knock on wood, we get KD and Kyrie. That's like, oh, shit, our other big two are in New York now. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was an interesting point that, like, just stuck with me. Like, when I saw that tweet, it was just like, okay, that makes sense. Because, like, these guys are making so much fucking money from their endorsements and, like, these lifetime contracts they sound with Nike because they're fucking super-duper stars. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they're you see it now with these players. They're turning on their big extensions, right, because they don't want to play at where they're at because they know they're secure in terms of financially. So it's about what works for them into the basketball-wise and also, I feel like, marketing-wise. Because I think, like, low-key, on the lowest of keys, a lot of people don't bring this up, but, like, I think KD going to Golden State, I think Nike was all for it because, like, guess who's on that team? Like, obviously, Steph, right? Mm-hmm. Who was the face of, like, Under Armour, who was at the time, was climbing the ranks in terms of sales and sales and, like, getting up with Nike. You know what I mean? Like, he's, they was trying to make it a conversation. So, boom, you said KD there. You try to... You, kind of overshadow Under Armour's biggest, like, you know, biggest, like, endorsement, you know? Right. I think I think there's, it's, like, a strategic element to that that, like, the regular fan is just, like, we weren't even considering before, like, I brought this shit up right now. Like, I think I could see Nike if, like, not directly influencing it, but playing a part into it. Like, yo, you guys can Extra go. Incentives. You guys are good friends. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys are good friends. Um, We're basically your main employers because we pay you more than you guys get from your teams, right? So, I mean, shit, you guys both go to New York. Um, and obviously the situation's got to be right in terms of just, like, front office-wise. And I feel like the last two years, Scott Perry's made sure that, like, that's the case. Um, we still got Royal Ivy on staff. who I don't even know what he does as an assistant coach. I think he's literally there because he's KD's friend. Yeah. And, like, mentor and shit like that. Yeah. That's interesting I think that plays a part, yeah. bro. No, that's, you know that's I mean? very like, interesting. New, like, Maybe Nike has a plays a role in all this. They're just like, all right, we got LA and New York on lock. It's a wrap. Like, who else is touching us? Like Adidas with with James Harden. Like, I don't know. Mm. Is it something to chew on? Something to think about? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that that pretty much wraps it up for this episode, right? Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add? Any final any final thoughts? Pointers? Uh, the Knicks are playing soon. I don't know. I, I don't think they have a game tomorrow. I think their next game's the game that we're going to Saturday against the Kings. Um, I don't believe they're playing tomorrow. They're coming back from a long road trip. Um, but I think Knicks... they got a back to back this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, might be wrong on that. Possibly. Um, yeah, Sunday they play in the Timberwolves. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I guess last thing to throw in is like, yeah, we're gonna be at the game at MSG at noon against the Kings. So the Knickish boys are gonna be there. So if you wanna. If you're at the at the game or in the area you want to meet up it's like i guess give us a shout always down to meet our our, our dozen fans i don't want to say dozens but i'm sure we got 12 total maybe what do you think yeah yeah we got we got a solid total 12 stands out there all, all... a baker's dozen if you will <laughs> so is that was that like 13 what is a baker's dozen? i have no idea what that shit is um i don't know i heard it once <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. Anywho, <laughs> uh, you know, th- thank you to all the listeners for listening to the 16th edition of the Nickish podcast. 
Again, uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. It's Nick underscore Ish. Uh, we appreciate all listens, all follows, any any ratings, any reviews. Um, you know, this has, this has been a, a you know fun time for the both of us. Uh, just talking about New York Knicks basketball. So that's 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 a wrap. That's episode sixteen. Tune in next week for episode number seventeen. Uh, anything else you want to say, Nafi? Yep. You're good. Yeah. I guess I guess one last thing is just like um, I mean we're into fan engagement, right? You know, I mean we got one fan out there maybe. So if you're let's, let's let's lay it down right now. I mean, open invitation to come on the pod if you got any any takes you're you're feeling hot about or feeling the type of way about or feeling like emotional about about what we said or want to strongly disagree with us. I mean, come on through. I mean, we welcome guests, right? What do you think? Wow, that's yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm down for that. Any any guests welcome. Anything you want to talk about? Any one of our points just got to be a certified Knicks fan. Uh, and we know yeah, that there's only we, a handful of you guys out there. That and like, which we'll test y'all. So we'll we'll certify your Nick fan like card. You know what I mean? Like, we'll we'll send a questionnaire out, <laughs> some shit like that. You shit. know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, come through. Shit, I fuck with it. All right, no doubt. Uh, and that's it. That that's a wrap. So tune in again next week for episode number seventeen. Peace. Peace.